Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. Welcome to Mother Angelica Answering the Call, where the truth is never on hold. I'm Doug Keck here with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as we listen once again to Mother take on some of those great questions from her classic television programs that were so popular and she hosted in the 80s and 90s and are as popular today. And speaking of popularity, it's always great to be with you, Father Joseph. And always good to be with you too, Doug, and to learn a little bit more from our spiritual mother, Mother Angelic. And you know, somebody was asking me the other day about our habits and why we have the monstrance, how that all originated. And I said, well, Mother Angelica is our foundress, and they always had a monstrance. It was a metal monstrance. So we have an embroidered monstrance on the front of our habit out of devotion to our Lord and our connection with the poor clays of perpetual adoration in their life of devotion. And, uh, you know, we'll hear from Mother during this program today. There's no reason to stay away from the Eucharist. Absolutely. And that's the number one, and that's why there's a whole event happening next year as well. Let's talk about some of the topics. If we understood how much Jesus loves us, uh, that would change our lives. I guess don't rush the sacred, something to think about. You, your place before God takes priority. We have to keep that number one. And first off, we'll kick off with reasons why people don't go to church. You're a prophet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So a mother, she really nailed it here because there's a lot of reasons people don't go to church. And she actually lists three that I noted here. Poor catechesis. Maybe they didn't understand the reality of what we receive at Mass, or they see God as only someone you go to in trouble, <laughs> or you don't want to change. <laughs> so I think she really kind of nailed it there as reasons why people wouldn't go to church. But she encourages this, uh, this lady to give good example and to invite them, like a special Mass or something. It's a great, um, great advice, I think. Right. I think sometimes uh, it's it's wonderful to be welcoming and to have all those aspects of it and, and for, for people to be welcome and feel welcome. But there's also should be this aspect, and I think that's why you were talking about the Eucharist and Mother would say, that's really Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is the only place you're going to find him like yeah. that. And he's asking you to come not because he's desperately needs you to be there, mm -hmm. but because it's good for your soul. It is good for your soul, and that's what he wants, too, out of love for us. And really, we have a duty to worship God. We actually have a duty to worship God in strict justice, because we don't have to be here, but we are. Now, that's the, not the only reason, because we also benefit from being with the Lord, but actually, he longs for us, too, to be there. Right, absolutely. Let's see what Mother has to say about reasons why people don't go to church. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. Yeah, where are you from? I'm from Chicago, suburb of Chicago, Illinois. Okay. My name is Joan. What is, your question? What is your question? Well, sometimes I don't understand why people, even in my family, like my brothers, my siblings, yeah. don't, don't, really understand how how precious Jesus is yeah. and why why um, it is important to go to Mass. Yeah. 
got to be patient. So I would I would advise that that you do that. Let's say a little prayer for your family. Can we do that? Lord Jesus, I pray for this woman's family, her sister in particular, and I ask that you bring them back home. The world is cold and indifferent. If they don't know that now, they will in time. But let them know that when they come home, where Jesus is, there's warmth, joy, and peace. The greatest gifts in the world. I ask this in the name of Jesus and through the intercession of Mary, our Holy Mother. Amen. And moving right along, next up, your place before God takes priority. Uh, that's lost mm-hmm. on a lot of people's lives, especially today, isn't it, Father? Yes, and uh, Mother gives them some somewhat tough advice for them right now, but you know what? It's good advice. And if it's good, we can handle it. <laughs> you know that we need to put God first in our lives. And there is something that this couple can do that they can live together as brother and sister, you know, and that's a possibility. And you know that sacrifice actually deepens love. That's kind of a forgotten concept today that I don't want to have to sacrifice. I don't want to have to give up anything. But you're also saying, well, I don't want my, want my love to get deeper, stronger, because any true love has an element of sacrifice in it. And so that could be something they also could think about, too, as they place God as their first priority. Right, absolutely. And I think one of the things in our, in our ever-ready society and instantaneous society, we lose that idea of waiting, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And the fact that yeah. people give up, you know, they put money away, they store for the future, they don't need immediate gratification mm-hmm. to continue, which is the world we live in today. And here's the situation where somebody has the ability to wait on the church yeah. Uh, to see if it can work out that person's particular relationship so that it it, mm-hmm. it works for the church and it works for them spiritually. And waiting implies trust, you know, that I really can trust God as I'm waiting. The Psalms often speak of that. I waited, and he did stoop to me. He heard my cry for help. The Lord delights in those who wait for his love. So waiting implies trust. And as... Not a lot of that these days, so let's hear what Mother has to say. Your place before God takes priority. Certainly was a place in Mother's life. We have a phone call. Hello? 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 Where are you from? East Providence, Rhode Island. And what is your question? Well, Mother, my husband is presently in the process of um, an annulment from his previous marriage. Hmm. I myself have never made any of the sacraments other than being baptized. Mm. And for whatever reason, my husband's procrastinating on the annulment, which of course delays me in receiving my sacraments, which I've taken um, classes for, etc. But I could only go that far. Mm. And it's been about five years now. Mm. And it's very frustrating for me not to push him, because that makes him go slower. Yeah. And at the same time, when I go to Mass, I'm almost in tears because I long for the hidden Jesus. And it's very difficult sometimes to see. Now, I, I want you to stay on the phone, and I want our, our, our producer to keep this woman on the phone because I want to ask you a question. Are you there? Are you there? 
Yes, I am. All right. Is this your first marriage? This is my second marriage, but I have, um, I wasn't married in the church or anything. And it's also his second marriage. Okay, so you're, you're really, your second marriage is not recognized by the church? No, no. Okay. Was your first marriage recognized by the church? My first marriage? Yes. No. I think what you need to do is to pray, and all of us will pray that this annulment will go through because you want to get this marriage right before God. And you really want to. I can see that in your heart. And if you're crying when, you, when, the, when it's time for Holy Communion, realize that, that those tears are very precious to God because there's a longing in your soul for God. You hang on to that longing. But try. You know, I know, I know that's an awful thing to ask your husband and you, but many couples do that. Because the kingdom of heaven is greater than anything on earth. And I think you need to, to talk to each other and, and just make up your mind that your, your, your place before God has to take priority. Not many people tell you that, but I think that's the question and that's the answer. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the radio program where she answers those great calls from all the viewers over the years for a great live show. And, of course, uh, continuing on with Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain here. Next up, a caller where the topic is don't rush the sacred. Mm -hmm. What do you think Mother means by that? I think she gets great advice here, you know, about that you just can't rush into things, you know. And, again, we're talking about trust that waiting is not always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, those in the authority of the church do have a better idea you know, that, than we have. And priests have guidelines given by the bishop regarding marriage, for example. Right. And they can't just bypass all of those. Um, now, there's are different ways that priests can impart that. They could be harsh mm -hmm. you know, and cold and so on, but I think that's probably rare, hopefully. Or they can impart it lovingly and say, you know, this is really for the best thing. Right. It reminds me of one time I know in a situation where somebody was told, well, are you going to, you having the child baptized, are you going to raise them Catholic? And, well, you know, uh, you know, not so much. And it was like, well, then why you bother to get them baptized? Mm -hmm. And there's a point to that. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean you should refuse the baptism. I, I mm -hmm. don't think that's the idea. But. It, it does put the, that onus on the person to say, this is not just the magic symbol here. Mm -hmm. This is a commitment you're making. Right. What is the motivation behind it? And really to examine that in your own heart. And is it possible to wait again, mm -hmm. which implies maturity, growth, patience, um, trust. So, 
And absolutely, and I think in this case with the idea of the waiting period before getting married, uh, pre-Cana, those kinds of things like that, mm-hmm. you know, you're making a big commitment, and the church holds you to that commitment. And a lot of people go into it and then later say, I didn't realize. So let's right. see what Mother says about not rushing the sacred. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Uh, this is Eileen from Dearborn. Uh-huh. I'm just calling about my um, middle daughter, uh, who eight years ago um, was to be married. And she fell in love with a young man that was in the Army, and he was non-Catholic. But uh, they decided this on one of his furloughs. So they went to his, uh, our parish priest, and um, he said that they had to complete six months of marriage instruction. She said, Father, we're going to be married in six weeks. He said, I'm sorry. So um, they've been married now eight years. I have a six-year-old granddaughter. Um, that hasn't been baptized. But I baptized her myself one day. And I'm so disheartened by this. Well, <coughs> have you asked him to come back? Yes. She's totally bitter. Well, you see, sometimes... We get angry because we don't understand the reason the priests do that. There's a reason for it. Um, They were very blessed by God and fortunate that their marriage has lasted. But you see, the church is a mother. And the church knows by experience that so often when people rush into such a a sacred thing, a sacrament, and and rush into it on a furlough, that there are elements that are not ready. If if we're going on a trip, we take a map. You just don't get in a car and drive. You, You wouldn't know where you're going. It took me eight years to take solemn vows. A long time, you know. I could have been a doctor by that time. Anything, an engineer. But it took me eight, nine years. It was nine years in my day to make solemn. Why did it take the church so long to decide whether or not I could take a solemn vow? Because they wanted to be sure I knew all the obligations, number one, and number two, that I could live them. The reason I'm answering, and I, I feel for you, I really do. And don't get discouraged. Pray for them and love them. I know it seems unfair to them, but it's still no reason to stay away from the Eucharist. I think I would go to that priest or go to any priest and say, why did you do that? And forgive that priest. You cannot die not forgiving that priest. You must encourage them. What the reason is, I don't know, and you don't know. But I think they need to go to that priest and ask him, tell him how hurt they are. Get it off their chest. And then forgive that priest for an injustice. Come home. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow night. And wrapping up this week's program, 
another topic. If we understood how much Jesus mm. loves us, I think that's probably the uh, the greatest obstacle for us to all living out our faith, right? Yes, and to realize even a poorly celebrated Mass, as long as it's valid, Jesus comes, <laughs> you know, and we will be enriched by his presence, by his word, and most of all, by the gift of the Holy Eucharist and communion with him. So as I often say to people who maybe are less than happy with the way things are going, mm -hmm. if you have those elements, focus on that. Sometimes it can be edifying, the liturgy, sometimes not so. And yet Jesus comes, you know, in every valid Mass. Right, and, and I think that's the point Mother tries to say. You've got to keep your focus on Jesus mm -hmm. and, and, and on the truths of the Church and not get distracted by the noise that's out there or a particular preacher you like or you don't yeah. like or the music you like or you don't like. Uh, if you can find the right fit for yourself, that's mm -hmm. great, but don't walk away from the truth because of some bad experiences with, you know, right. the aura of the setting. And that's what distinguishes the Catholic faith. That's why it's continued for 2,000 years, because it doesn't depend on the presentation, you know, or the particular priest and his personality. It depends on Jesus, and that's where we look. Right. That's why we should find out how much Jesus loves us. We have another call. Hello? Hello? Where are you from? Uh, Tennessee. And what is your question? Mother, uh, we have a, a very good friend that left the church oh, many, many years ago when she uh, got married. And they went from church to church, and now they're in a non-denominational church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we go up to visit them, we go up to, we go to Mass there, and there are two churches in their area, two Catholic churches. And uh, both of them uh, have all the girls, and uh, they do things that are very unorthodox. And uh -huh. we're wondering, should we encourage them to come back to the church, knowing <laughs> that uh, when they do come back, or if they do, they're going to be coming home to a parish that is disobedient to the magisterium? Well, that's kind of a hard question to answer. But I just, I think I would explain it to them. Just be very frank. But what are they coming home to? Most important, who are they coming home to? Is he saying a real Catholic Mass? If he hasn't changed the formula, and it's a real Mass. But if it's the only church there is, I would give him a good catechism. And, and see if you can find a priest who knows who knows the truth and is willing to teach them the truth, and and let them. There must be a, a priest in that area that is filled with the Lord and filled with Jesus that can bring them home. And and, and they have to go through a, a real catechism lesson again. Do that that service for them. Find them a priest who will teach them the truth. And most important, the Eucharist. You know, if we, if, we, if we could understand the love of Jesus, if we could understand how much he loves us, I don't think people could possibly stay away. If we understood Our Lady and that, that great love she has for us, if we understood the Father gave his Son just for me, we, we would never stay away. We would put up with all the changes and the crazy things going on in the church. It's a crazy thing. To be honest, say there's some crazy things going on, but come back to Jesus. Come back to the Eucharist and find a priest for them. You can find one. But I, I, I certainly wouldn't let them just stray looking, looking for what? They're looking for him. 
And I think it's your duty to show him where he is. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.